Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namihelps.org. Hi, this is Brian Jost. I'll be hosting this episode, a another personal story, part of NAMI Minnesota's 40th anniversary celebration. Today we have Barb Lindbergh recording with us, and we're going to get some of Barb's personal experience with NAMI Minnesota. Um, Barb, thanks for coming in today, and to start with, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey to getting involved with NAMI? Uh, tell me tell me some more. Okay. Well, I'll start with my journey on how I got involved with NAMI. Um, probably there the biggest factor here is the fact that my oldest son was diagnosed with a mental illness when he was 17 years old. And life was in turmoil. He was having trouble in school. And I didn't know what to do about that. So in my search for providers and health care for him, I found an organization called the Minnesota BioBrain Society. And I went to a support group meeting, which was two group leaders and just me, and they turned out to be two of the most amazing women I've met. And that organization dissolved, but the three of us all turned toward NAMI Minnesota, and I still see those two women at oh. NAMI events now. Oh, wow. They, um, they're just dear friends, and I don't know what I would, done, would have done without their support and, and their direction. So that is truly how I found NAMI. Wow. That's awesome that you still see them. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And tell me how it, you came to be a, uh, involved with the NAMI Minnesota Board of Directors. Okay. Well, I started volunteering with NAMI. Um, pretty early after I learned of NAMI, it just was a great way to be a part of of that group of folks and to get support just by being involved. And I actually was hired for a position here at NAMI in 2005. I spent a year working here at the NAMI office with Sue. I was assigned to two children's mental health grants and my duties included traveling around the state of Minnesota and introducing and educating parents about evidence-based mental health therapy. The state of Minnesota was just starting to um, bring that program to Minnesota based on a model that they had learned of. So that was my job to, to sell this to the parents and to offer a lot of education, but really... The person I think that got the most out of it was me because mm -hmm. I had such an amazing opportunity to meet so many people that are involved in children's mental health and in school systems and in family support groups. And um, that's how I got involved with that. Now, it was they were two-year grants, but I left after the first year because I was offered a position at the Department of Human Services. But I never felt like I finished my work at NAMI, and so I was able to continue doing a lot of things that I was had really grown passionate about simply by volunteering at NAMI. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I, 
I filled that need, and and I've been volunteering at NAMI ever since. Now, I had just been at DHS for about a year when I was invited to be on the board. And I thought, boy, that's the ultimate volunteer job. Mm-hmm. So I said yes and ended up staying on the board for nine years, serving wow. as president for two. And it was just a very humbling experience to see from from the board's point of view, all the work that NAMI does. I learned so much and just, you know, what we, what we did as a board was nothing compared to what NAMI Minnesota does on a daily basis. Hmm. Wow. That's, thanks for sharing that. I, it's interesting. I've been on staff at NAMI Minnesota for almost five years and I've known you as as Barb who used to be the president of the board and and I haven't known much else you know so it's good that we're doing these little stories to find out more yeah I didn't even know you had been a staff member yep yep it was there weren't very many of us then I think maybe there was only three full-time people I was one of them okay funded by two grants to make my position a full-time position. Mm-hmm. And it was Sue Abderholden and then Shelly, who was then kind of the the co-manager. And everyone else was part-time. There were like five other people doing yeah. various jobs. Everybody's trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. So I've really seen NAMI come from the the small organization to where it's come to today. So, So describe what you see today compared to what you just said. Well, today, I have to tell you, just sitting on the board for nine years now, by the time I sat on the board, NAMI had already started to grow in many ways. Uh, It grew in the number of staff. It grew out of the original office, two offices, actually. I was in the second one. And the number of programs and education opportunities that were being developed and offered we're really starting to develop. And over time, now as I look back, when Sue would sit in the board meeting and go through her dashboard of all of the places that staff had been in the state of Minnesota and how many people had been reached through the education programs and the, and the support groups and children's programs and school programs, uh, crisis intervention, boy, you name it. It's just amazing to me how the organization has grown and spread. And not only that, but I think that NAMI Minnesota, a large part because of what Sue has been able to do at the legislative level, NAMI Minnesota really has a reputation for not just advocating for those with mental illness, but being knowledgeable about what it's like to be a family or a person living with a mental illness and able to identify those needs and identify what needs are not being met. And it's just become the go-to place Mm -hmm. for education and information and how to find what what people Mm -hmm. need to to survive the mental health system and the whole mental health experience. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of the mental health system, how have you seen that change over the years? Not just NAMI as an organization, but the mental health system. Well, when we first had to access the mental health system, similar to other people that do this, say you go to your health plan and you try to find what's available within your benefit set. And like many of the folks that I have met on this journey, you get a list of providers and you start calling. And you get a lot of responses that say, we aren't taking new patients. Um, My son was still a minor. So even though they were on the list that I received from my health plan, many of them didn't take children. Um, It was very overwhelming, um, very discouraging, because we didn't know what to do, and we couldn't find anyone to help us. And if you did get an appointment, it was usually a pretty distant engagement when your problem was happening right now. Uh, I was very, very fortunate in that my son was having a crisis when he was in high school, and I took him to my family physician, and it just so happened that there was a psychiatrist from Abbott Northwestern that came to that office on that particular day every other Mm -hmm. week to see a few patients. And so my physician arranged for my son to speak for a short amount of time with this physician, and he ended up taking on the the care of my son. Oh, wow. we were so lucky. He hadn't taken patients for years because his schedule was too full, but he helped us out. So I feel uniquely fortunate that we fell into that. The other thing I did is I started to research a lot about mental illness, and knowing about NAMI was very helpful for me because the links on the NAMI websites took me to the National Institutes of Mental Health and other types of websites, and I learned of two research opportunities which my son did actually participate in. He, When he was 19, he went to the Yale Psychiatric Institute and participated in a, a voices study, and he was out there for about six or seven weeks. And then in his early 20s, he, he did go out to the National Institute of Mental Health and participated in a symptom study, and that was about an eight-month study. He stayed in Bethesda, Maryland the entire time. Oh. And um, not only did we learn a lot about his illness and mental illness in general, but when we brought that information home with us and shared it with his providers, I think it really helped create more of a, a collaborative relationship. Uh, I have to add that my son is very insightful into his mental illness, which also is a very fortunate factor for us. Um, the older he got, the more insightful he became about what his needs were and what his triggers were and what might lead to a crisis or if he was feeling like he was entering into some type of a crisis situation and he could warn us and ask for help. So overall, you know, it was a rough beginning, and the journey doesn't go without its ups and downs and Mm -hmm. 
it's a wild roller coaster ride. But um, for us, our son has really participated in his own recovery, and that's helped us recover just because he's so he's so um, insightful. I don't know how else. he he doesn't deny his illness. He just carries us along with him. Mm-hmm. And we're fine with that, so we can help him. And I know, Bob, a little bit through the Inner Own Voice program, um, and I was one of the trainers when he was trained to be a presenter, what, I think maybe about a year ago? Yep. And I definitely saw that insightful, that that insight that you're talking about and his willingness to be, you know, take part in his recovery. So that's, that's pretty amazing to see. Definitely. What are some of your favorite memories of NAMI? Well, I think some of my favorite memories of NAMI, I've always enjoyed the state conference and the national conference. I've traveled to, I think, three of the national conferences now, um, twice as president. And I guess it's been more than that because I've gone at least twice just myself. And just being around so many people who are so have so much faith in NAMI, faith and hope that, you know, there's answers out there and all we have to do is stick together. I think that's been my favorite part about being part of the NAMI organization. But, you know, as a, as a board member, one of the questions always is, what can we do to you know, do fundraising or get the word out or help NAMI to be more visible. And one of the the way for me to do that that's been the most comfortable is to participate in events that either are sponsored by NAMI or include NAMI as a benefactor of whatever their event is. A couple examples. I've played with a, a foursome in two Dan O golf tournaments. Uh-huh. And um, these are golf tournaments that are raising funds for su- suicide prevention. It's a, a family that just started doing this fundraising activity in honor and memory of one of their loved ones that they lost to suicide. And I'm, I, I'm not kidding, this event is absolutely full of friends and family that come together and support the family that is putting on this event. And it's very, very fun. Mm. Wonderful people. Everybody has a great time. There's a silent auction, a dinner. Everybody has a fun day of golf. It's at the Minneapolis Golf Club. And all of the money that they raise goes to support the suicide prevention programs with NAMI. Um. Obviously, I enjoy to play golf. The other golf outing... Do you have to be a good golfer to go? No, you don't. (laughs) That's never a a requirement. The other golf event that I've participated in is um, Prairie Care just held their second annual golf tournament at Rush Creek in Maple Grove, which is practically in my backyard, so I had to go play in that. (laughs) But this last time that we played, I was able to get... Our entire foursome were all representatives of our board at NAMI Minnesota. And I really felt that that 
offered a statement about NAMI, that we want to be out there and we want to support other groups that have the same passion that we do to help people with mental illness. Um, we all might not have the same mission because we're different organizations, but the bottom line is our passion is the same, and it's really nice to be out there supporting them. And there was one event last summer that my sister and I participated in, and it was Tom's Big Ride. Mm -hmm. Tom Mork sponsored a ride where he and three of his friends rode all the way from New Orleans up to Itasca. They rode the entire length of the Mississippi River, and they invited people to join them in the state of Minnesota. So we did that. We joined them in Winona, and in two days we rode from Winona up to St. Paul. And we had to train all summer long to be able to ride our bikes that far and that fast in two days. But it was worth it because it was another opportunity to just be visible. And there were probably over 20 bike, bike riders while we were in Minnesota riding with Tom and his friends. And um, what sparked that, of course, was Tom's passion to support his daughter's battle with mental illness. And he wanted to spread the word and and offer education and promote awareness all the way across the country, and he did that. So it was an honor to be a part of that. And I think those are some of my my favorite memories of NAMI because mm -hmm. they were just a great way to to make NAMI visible and help people learn about what we do. That's great. What would you say you're most proud of in the work that you've done with NAMI? Well, you know what I have a person what I have personally accomplished with NAMI, you know, I really can't think of it that way. I think that being affiliated with NAMI, serving on the board, even as president, is a is a very humbling experience because while you're helping with the oversight and and you know, offering suggestions and trying to brainstorm ways to make NAMI bigger and stronger. The work and the effort is all being done, you know, by the people that work at NAMI Minnesota. And I think that just to see this organization be as successful it is, as it is now, coming from where it came and with the leadership that Sue has had to offer, I think that the pride comes in what NAMI's done for NAMI and how it's grown and and become such a strong and influential organization. It's really brought advocacy and the fight against stigma to a new level in the state of Minnesota. Mm. And I think that's something that NAMI Minnesota should be very proud of. Mm -hmm. And I personally think you should be proud of being a part of it. Well... It's an, It's been an honor. It's taken so many people. Yep. Hmm. Well, let's do one last question. What are your hopes for the future of NAMI, uh, for the work and impact of NAMI on the community? Where, where would you like to see us go from here? Well, my, my hope is that all the hard work that NAMI has done in the past and is doing now will lead the organization to become bigger and stronger and attract 
even more people with a strong passion to fight the fight against stigma and to promote the changes that we need for those who live with mental illnesses. And specifically, I think of changes in our healthcare system. Uh, I know that parity is one of the big legislative issues for NAMI this year, getting the healthcare that people need to address their their mental illness, which is we believe is a medical illness, is so important so that instead of being totally reactive, it can be more preventative and people who are destined to have a mental illness may be diagnosed sooner and treated sooner so that they have uh, a better life that, I mean, it's treatable. It's a treatable mm-hmm. illness. So my hope is for that. My hope is for more social change so that stigma does become less of a factor. We have a, a an ongoing fight against how the media portrays people with with mental illness and how they use mental illness to attract folks to their media. Um, we know how that's done through headlines in newspapers and and filmmaking. Um, you name it, you know, it's negative. Yeah. So the more that we can do as an organization to try to fight that that underlying stigma in what we're learning from social media and the media in general, it's that's something that I hope NAMI will continue to work on changing. And the other thing that I think is such a strong vision for NAMI is their legislative advocacy and how they might change the the criminalization of mental illness. Um, hopefully, people with mental illness won't end up finding themselves in jail and, and children that are suffering with a mental illness won't find themselves part of the juvenile justice system. Instead, they'll be part of a a recovery system and a, a health system where they can get the community sp- supports that they need, the housing that they need, whatever might be appropriate for their level of need, jobs that they can do so that they can be active participa- participants in society and, and feel that reward. Um, I think there's a lot of work that's yet to be done, but I, f- I think that NAMI will be a, a big player in making sure that we keep moving forward and and creating that those types of social changes. That's my dream for the NAMI organization. Is there anything else that was on your mind driving to NAMI today to record this conversation? Anything you want to add that I didn't ask? It's okay to say no. Um, I think the only thing that I would add is When I was serving as president for NAMI Minnesota, I had the opportunity to be a part of the the a group that included all of the presidents of all of the NAMI organizations in all of the states. Mm-hmm. And as I would sit on those meetings, and I actually had the opportunity to meet the presidents at the at the national um, conferences. But I couldn't help but realize how lucky we are here in Minnesota to have, I believe, the strongest 
NAMI organization. The leadership that, that we have with Sue Abderholden, who is um, a tireless, passionate worker, and who also has a reputation for being so informative and so knowledgeable about mental illness and the needs of those with mental illness and effective ways to lobby and educate people about mental illness so that our actions are effective and not just um, a plea or a, a statement. Sue makes everything that we want to do become an active movement. And I think that we are just so fortunate to have an executive director with that that level of strength and expertise. So um, I think you can't talk about NAMI Minnesota without giving a pat on the back to Sue Abderholden and her staff here at the NAMI office. Yeah, she keeps us moving. I have no doubt about that. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking, Barb. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. NAMI Minnesota champions justice, dignity, and respect for all people affected by mental illnesses. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate the pervasive stigma of mental illnesses, affect positive changes in the mental health system, and increase the public and professional understanding of mental illnesses. NAMI Minnesota vigorously promotes the development of community mental health programs and services, improved access to services, and increased opportunities for recovery. NAMI Minnesota is located at 800 Transfer Road, Suite 31, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55114. Call us at 651-645-2948 or toll-free at 1-888-NAMI-HELPS or email namihelps at namimn.org. NAMI Minnesota's website is namihelps.org. Outside of Minnesota, visit nami.org to find your state NAMI organization.